Welcome back. This is the Sutter Faction Podcast. I'm Evan Sutter. We are working through our 12 ideas for constructing a life worth living list. This is idea number three. If you didn't catch the first two, it's okay. You can still listen to this talk as it's a completely new idea that doesn't require prior listening. But please do check out episodes 17 and 18 and the first two ideas on our list. This list might look a little different to what we are told from what is currently popular across social media platforms and from new age influencers. And that perhaps comes from the fact that this list isn't commoditized or doesn't align so well with making money. People's lists or ideas tend to be precursors to buying their course or their new book, not what is actually good for humans. And in fact, sadly, much of what we see in this system isn't in the best interest of humanity. It's for growth, financial returns, self-interest, and that's probably a good lead-in into today's talk. And a little insight into this list before we get going. Are they fully hashed out, researched for months? Probably no. But are they rooted in research, observation, examination, and do they look at things as deeply interconnected? Yes, they do. But I found that when we aim for completeness, we can often miss the beauty in the ideas as they take form along the way. What views led to that way of thinking? Not once finished and produced, but where the stepping stones to formulate the finished product, so to speak. I like to leave them in so you can find use for them in your lives and we can possibly plant more seeds to look at things a little bit differently. And that is what satisfaction is all about. And if you like satisfaction, please give it a rating and review. No long-winded promotions, just gritty, thought-provoking talks. Now, on to number three for constructing a life worth living. Be careful who you listen to. Me included. Yes, me included. I don't pretend to know everything. Instead, I tend to think that I don't know much at all. In each moment, it is fascinating to observe just how many choices we are making. These choices shape our lives, our characters, our capacities. And of course, everything around us influences these choices. But how many are really our own? And how many are merely the result of our schooling? the media, the TV shows and advertising we consume, even the area we just happen to grow up in? And how often are we easily influenced by a skillfully curated campaign by a big company, a political party, or an entire industry in order to confuse us and get us to align with their agenda or fall in line with their agenda? We are bombarded by an abundance of well-placed stories that aim to influence our choices in most moments. It can seem at times that we are walking in a real-life video game. Every time we turn on our phones or TVs, even every time we walk down the street, trillion-dollar industries are hunting for our attention, and each with their very own agenda, bias, and conflicts. After a while, it is easy to just become a product of our environment a messenger bird simply relaying the information. They form the basis of our arguments, our beliefs, our ethics, and if we aren't careful, 
Each and every week, we just get further and further away from our authentic selves, from who we really are. And we can so easily become merely puppets, but with louder and louder voices. And I've found as an avid observer, that the less you've done in life, the less you've lived freely and openly, the more you think you actually know. And that's a tricky trap. It's a slippery slope. And while we can't know all the sources of the information we receive, we can, we must, be careful in being aware that much of it does, well, all of it does, have an agenda to push, a bias to defend. Take this example. I remember really enjoying the Saturday paper, and that is an Australian weekly paper that I thought was punchy and offered something a little different to the mainstream offerings. Thus, I was interested to learn more about its roots, but only to find that the owner, Maurice Schwartz of Schwartz Media, put a blanket ban on all journalists from writing about Israel. Was he afraid that too many people might hear about Israel's apartheid regime in Palestine, their nuclear weapons, the $200 billion they've received from the US? That there are only two countries that support the sanctions on Cuba, Israel and the US? But either way, anyway, having such policies in a newspaper kills the true beauty of journalism and makes you wonder, well I hope it makes you wonder, what else is being carefully curated for us. So I boycotted it. I had to. Because this happens everywhere. We are biased, and people want to protect that bias whether they know it or not. So everything you read and watch is driven by motives. And more than ever as a result of the neoliberal assault, that motive is money, or power, or fame. Here's another example. Do you think Jordan Peterson loves skateboarding and really cares about skateboarders having a space to be creative? He probably hasn't stepped on a skateboard in his life, but it still managed to make it into one of his 12 rules for life. And I skate, but it won't make it into this list. Was it just an attempt by Peterson to reach a largely disengaged target audience that could become loyal to his misogynist ideas? Was this the same reason his first publishing platform wasn't a book publisher? an easy endeavour for an academic like himself, but instead Reddit, another site to skillfully market his wares to a ready-made audience. Because much of what we see today in 2022 is merely that, marketing. And I dare say we are living through the most inauthentic epoch in history as a result. An age where companies seem to care so much about the planet but only long enough to create a sticky advertising campaign and never long enough to actually change their practices. We have more employee well-being programs than ever, but the products and services rarely change. So we continue to throw band-aids on deep wounds and keep doing all the same things that caused the problems in the first place. And with limited time, busy and tired, it really is easy for big companies, media, influencers to grab you with a great title knowing you won't really remember much else, and their job is done. Books and newspapers sold, products delivered, money in their bank account. So if you do not want to be pushed and pulled every which way by big and clever marketing spend, we need to be skillful in discerning what is helpful, what is enriching, and what is worthy of our time. We need to take a quick peek behind the curtains to see why these people are saying what they are saying. Are they authentic? Can they it be trusted? 
Because in a capitalist system, if there is money to be made, there are lies and stories ready to be told. And in the case of Jordan Peterson, and, and I'll be honest, I only skimmed very quickly through his book and a few of his talks, because we have to be very careful who we listen to. Our time and our minds are very precious gems. And anyone who spruiks an all-meat diet is clearly not worth listening to. Why? Well, I'll let you do the research on that one. But the links of an all-meat diet and cancer are pretty strong. And I'd be hesitant to trust someone who can't connect those dots. Yes, he, like anyone, would experience health benefits in the early transition to an all-meat diet. Things like clearer skin for one, because any time you replace a highly processed diet, and we don't really know how bad one is eating before they make that transition, with one that is not highly processed, like only eating meat, you will find rewards, especially if you go searching for them. Long term, well, maybe not so much. But another fad will replace that before it wears off the short term gloss anyhow. But eating habits and nutrition is another idea in itself, one that may very well appear somewhere else in this list of 12. But this commentary nonetheless ties in nicely to an idea much like this one. Be careful who you listen to. And that is, be careful who your heroes are. Be careful who your heroes are. So much of what we value comes from the people we see. More so when we're young and easily influenced. But in saying that, some people will always be easily influenced. If you are still listening to Satisfaction in this talk, you are not one of them. Lucky for you and me. Our heroes, philosophers, poets, authors, athletes, movie stars, and more recently startup founders and Instagram influencers, can shape your views of the world, your ideas and perceptions. And you don't know anything about them, except for their carefully curated public persona and their particular skill set. As a kid, you might idolise a guy who kicks a leather ball really far, a woman who can recite a line with good tone. And some, of course, do it really well and should be congratulated, but maybe not adored. Save adoration for human qualities like kindness, respect, compassion, which, of course, these said people might very well display, but we will never really know, will we? I mentioned philosophers and poets and authors because there was a time when they were heroes. Unfortunately, now replaced by the louder and maybe more cunning influencer, whose main job is to stay consistent. Ten posts a day. Keep those algorithms working in your favour. When you look at it, it's a highly fabricated world, where people are pseudo-slaves to tech companies and aim to merely obey every rule to avoid being put in the naughty corner and possibly minimise their influence. <laughs> and that's the thing. What are they influencing? What to buy? Based on someone paying them to do a post? Or what online course to buy? How to lose weight? How to live more passionately even? How to look good in a pair of swimmers? It's a far cry from the authors of yesteryear who seem to me weren't so tied to economics, but quite possibly far more from things like values and, and curiosity and freedom. In episode 8 of the Sutter Faction podcast, we spoke about our elders, and if the modern world is playing a role in killing off our wise, trusted elders. If our addiction to fast fixes and a modern world that cultivates distracted minds has left a gaping hole in how we actually receive wisdom and knowledge, and of course, how we discern what is in fact wisdom. 
Back in episode 8, I spoke about how we don't look to philosophers or poets or Zen masters anymore. No Epictetus or Rumi, no Thich Nhat Hanh or David Suzuki. And even sadder, we don't look to Uncle Naif, Auntie Sam and Cousin Jared. Instead, replaced by Kardashians and Zuckerbergs. We get our advice from 20-something developers living in Silicon Valley who skillfully make your life more convenient by making choices for you and filling your days of more biases that for many, the last time they fought for themselves just might be before kindergarten. In years gone by, it was the natural way of things to have someone in your community who was respected with a depth of knowledge and wisdom to pass on to the younger generation. Maybe their disappearance has emerged alongside the disappearance of community in general. Just a natural byproduct of our consumer culture that praises individualism and independence. Like there's such a thing. Maybe we live in this kind of modern world, a social media world where it is normal to miss a beautiful moment in order to tell others you are having a beautiful moment. A world of frauds who don't know much about themselves to start with who merely attempt again and again to buy their way to some sort of identity and happiness. Maybe this is such as a result of a lack of elders, a lack of mentorship and care coming from those before us. Because are we getting much care from our new modern holders of wisdom? Today it appears that we have less agency over our minds and how we think, pushed and pulled from all angles by high-tech algorithms, clickbait and inauthentic stories. We've managed to cultivate or at least play a role in a kind of strange society where our new elders are social media influencers. Reality TV stars wanting to get married at first sight, TikTok dancers and really cool entrepreneurs building yet another VC-backed startup so we can be even more productive and grow even faster. Has our default system quietly replaced our wise elder who really experienced life and had real lessons to pass on for a version whose only real experience is work experience with their only advice, financial. A sure sign of a system that works should be the outcomes it fosters, right? Yeah, makes sense. But how many 60 to 70, 80 year olds are truly flourishing? No, really, think of the ones in your life. How many went through the path, the school, study, trade, work, marriage path are really thriving? How many are inspirational? How many do you admire? How many are healthy, fulfilled, lead lives of interest, engagement, positive relationships, and really enjoy their lives? In our pursuit of quick entertainment, we've become so distracted that the only way forward is much of the same. We can't read a page without waiting for a beep. We can't go for a walk without listening to a playlist or a podcast. We can't have a conversation without talking about a TV show or someone's post on Instagram. We can't look at a sunset without posting to Instagram. Of course, we know it's a lie. A nice story. We know your life isn't perfect. We know that behind that photo you have a mosquito biting your leg, a crying child which means you haven't slept well for weeks, a husband or wife that spends far too much time looking at Bitcoin prices, waiting, waiting for something better, always something better, always something more. There is a web of conditions at play that bind us to inauthentic lives. How can we change a system that binds? How can we protect young people, or people, from manipulation? How can we reinstate wisdom and value the inner life? The system has not failed to deliver on many levels, but 
are these the things that the world really needs? Are these the things that you need? We are not victims, but creators. At this moment, we always have a choice. We are conditioned by our ideas, the stories we read and hear to think that this is good and this bad. The trick is knowing what will actually make us happier, freer and more fulfilled. Knowing what will really relieve our difficulties, not only our own, but from our friends and families and the ecosystems around us. Behind our thoughts, we need to see the craving, the anger, the fear, the comparison, the greed, the bias, and be brave and playful enough to take care of it. That's number three, heavy but important. Thanks for listening. And a big shout out to the listeners in India. For the first time this week, Satisfaction made the charts over there. So hello and hope you've enjoyed today's talk and continue to over the next couple of months. See you all next week as we move through 12 ideas for constructing a life worth living. Please give Satisfaction a rate and review. Stay up to date at Ev Sutter, E-V-S-U-T-T-E-R on Instagram. Questions and complaints to evansutter.com. A new book to read, Awake, at all good bookstores around the globe. I'm Evan Sutter. This is Satisfaction. Enjoy.